the other thing that I think really made an impression on me was knowing that almost half of the of the young men that were killed that day uh, were on that particular ship, the USS Arizona, and that you're standing in the presence of these fallen heroes. And that's really quite moving. Um, and just, it, it just, uh, kind of, you know, kind of knocks you back on your heels when you're, you're standing there thinking about what the horrific, uh, scene and what happened that day. You're listening to the Stories Behind the Stars podcast, and I'm your host, Tatiana Fallon. This podcast is run by the organization Stories Behind the Stars. We have the goal of writing a story for every service American service member killed during World War II. That's over 420,000. We are accomplishing this goal through amazing volunteers who you will hear in this podcast as they research and write these stories. If you're at all interested in becoming a volunteer and researching and writing these stories, please check us out at storiesbehindthestars.org. Thank you so much for your time, and I hope you enjoy this amazing content that we're finding. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today, I have Jackie Manasco. Did I say that right? Your last name? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She was um, one of our Pearl Harbor database directors and managers when we were doing the Pearl Harbor project. So I'm so excited to have her on the, on the podcast today. Would you take a, a second, introduce yourself, um, Jackie, and, and tell us a little about what, who you are and, and then what brought you to this project? Sure. Um, well, you know my name and um, I, I live now in the Phoenix metropolitan area in Arizona. And um, I lived for about almost 30 years, my husband and I lived in uh, Flagstaff, Arizona, where we raised our kids. And I, my husband worked for the Forest Service and I worked at Northern Arizona University. Um, I, got, uh, I got involved in the Stories Behind the Stars project um, through the Genealogical Society that I belong to here in uh, the Phoenix metro area. It's called West Valley Genealogical Society. And the um, state coordinator for Arizona, Jack Chisholm, did a, about a 20 or 30 minute presentation at one of our membership meetings, our monthly membership meetings. And when he did it, I think it was like, I wanna say it was like last March or April of 2021. And I thought to myself, well, it's getting close to Memorial Day. And um, I didn't personally have any relatives that were um, killed in World War II. But I thought, you know, I write stories about my family members and my ancestors. It would be easy enough for me to, you know, write a story about someone in honor of Memorial Day. So I got in touch with the coordinator and he led me to uh, the base for Arizona. And that's basically where I did my first story. 
And I, because I was from, had lived in Flagstaff for so many years, that's where I chose the first story. And after I did that first story, I, in doing that first story, I came across 15 more names of, of young men who had graduated from the same high school that our younger son did. And because, and there were things that I found out about his high school that I was telling him and he was like, I never knew this. And, you know, it was just stuff we never knew. So that's basically how I got involved with the, the Stories Behind the Stars project. It's really cool to, to have that connection to, I mean, that's a really old high school. If it's still around and it's like, you know, 1940s, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they renovated several times. And actually what I found out was that the gym that is used at, his, at this high school that he graduated from, uh, over almost 20 years ago now, <laughs> he that particular high school gymnasium was built right after World War II, and they dedicated it as the World War II War Memorial Gym. There's a plaque in the high school gym that had these 15 names on there. And that's how I came across all of this information. And I thought, well okay, now I have to write the stories for these other young men because they all went to the same high school. And I, in writing another story, um, I, I discovered that the flag, the victory flag that they wave at the football games and the basketball games was done as a memorial and presented by the parents of one of these fallen World War II young men who he was, he was, uh, I forget what his actual um, job was, but he was on one of the bomber planes that um, was actually kind of a friendly fire kill. Um, they, it, they went on a bombing run, bombs were dropped. One of the friendly bombs knocks off the wing of the plane and the plane crashes. Yeah. You know, that's, like stuff we've seen in the movies, but that's basically what I found out about how that young man died. And uh, his parents uh, had a had someone design and sew um, a flag that is now, it's continued to be waved at all of their football games, basketball games, any uh, graduations, all of those things. And it was dedicated in his memory. I, you know, I, my son was going, mom, I never knew this stuff. I, I went to that high school. No one ever talks about it. The plaque is still there. And it's, you know, it's sort of a shame that some of that uh, history has kind of just gone by the wayside. But anyway, found out that a lot is, of things we didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool to, you know, have that local connection. I mean, obviously you're not in Flatstack anymore, but just like to have a connection. I mean, that would mean so much more to see that flag waving if you knew why it was there and who designed yeah. it and what it was for, yeah. you know? I think that's that's one of the things that kind of excites me as we do this history is we're, we're bringing up older stories. And I was um, listening to, <laughs> I can't remember what I was listening to, but talked about how when we pass, we, we become memories. And, and you know, if so long as people cherish our memory, then we still live on. And um, it was 
it was hit me really hard. It's like, well, what happens with all the people that remember you die? Then what do you do? You know what I mean? Like then, mm-hmm. then you're, you know, no one remembers you. And, and uh, so I think it's really important that we do this work because, you know, this high school did a lot of things after the war to remember these young men who gave their lives for our freedoms. And then we forgot, you know, absolutely. <laughs> I don't think it was malicious, important. you know, no, it, no, it, not at all. It just happens. Yeah. You know, it just life happens. Intervenes and life goes on. That's what happens. So. Yeah. yeah. Well now the kids can Google search those names on the plaque and something will pull up. And they'll find those stories if they're ever mm-hmm. curious, you know, yeah, any yeah. of those kids that go to high school, thanks yeah. to your efforts. That's really cool. Well, <laughs> well, I haven't finished all 15 stories because obviously I got involved with Pearl Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, so I, it's, and I sort of got, you know, derailed a little bit. <laughs> so what made here. you decide to uh, volunteer to help out with the Pearl Harbor project? What, how did that happen? Um, well, as well, once you get, you know, once you do your stories and you, um, I guess before you write the stories, I did the, um, uh, the, like the star course, uh, uh, on how to do things, you know, what they're looking for and so forth. And, um, joined the Facebook group, the star core Facebook group. And, uh, Don Milne put a, just an announcement on Facebook about uh, the Pearl Harbor project and was looking for people to help. And I thought, well, what, you know, what have I got to lose? I I'm willing to help in any way. Um, I, I basically told him full disclosure. I've only written a few stories and um, that I was, you know, I was originally born and raised in Oklahoma. Uh, I live in, Arizona. And I, at that time, I had been to the USS Arizona Memorial at Pearl Harbor once. And so it, you know, it certainly made an impact on me. Uh, My father served in the Navy during World War II, Uh, not for very long. But um, anyway, so, you know, I just had those kinds of connections. And you're in, um, then Don wrote back to me and said, would you be interested in being one of these co-directors? And I was, well, okay. <laughs> I hadn't quite expected to do that, but I thought, you know, sure. Um, I'm willing to do what whatever needs to be done, whether it's write a story or do the research, whatever. Um, and then it it's sort of just kind of as things kind of settled out into how the uh, – Kobe Crump and Allison Albert and I worked together, I sort of ended up as the database person. Um, I have, I did have some experience, but mostly in Excel and we were learning how to use Google sheets. And so I had to learn a lot about Google sheets, but databases in general kind of work the same way. And I'm certainly by no means any great giant expert in database, but, um, I do. I did have some experience, and now I have more. <laughs> you have a lot more now. <laughs> so, my Don, my dad, he says that you're probably you and and Allison and Kobe are probably the three most experts on the, the Pearl Harbor fallen, and because 
you've done so much work on that database trying to find everybody's name. So can you tell us like how difficult was it to get a good accurate list put together? Well, I I think in the very beginning we were very very lucky to have uh Catherine Rasdor. Um she shared a database that she had been working on and I it, I think it, she's working on the Arlington National Cemetery project now. Um, she was very helpful to us in so many ways. And she gave us, um, shared with us the database she had been working on. And that's where we started. Uh, the National Park Service also has a database. I wouldn't exactly call it a database. They have a list um, that's posted on their website. Um, but they don't, they didn't, and I don't know if they do at this time, just because I haven't looked lately, but when we were building the database, um, they they were not sharing the names of the USS Arizona fallen. Uh, they had the other ships, but you couldn't find the USS Arizona. And <laughs> it was like in progress or something like that is what their website said. Um, so then I just started kind of looking around once... Um, kind of just trying to get the database built and organized um, by ships and um, those who weren't um, assigned to ships, it was mostly whether or not what branch they were in, whether it was Marine, uh, Army Air Corps, uh, or the Army. And um, then I, as in my poking around, I found another list from a, I think it was called the Pearl Harbor Organization or Association, something like that. They had another list of names and I thought, well, I should compare the two lists to see. And so I basically was able to put names side by side and just kind of went, uh, it took me a few days, but, you know, just went down through the list. And actually, um, when I would find some a, a name that was different or wasn't included on our list, I put them on a separate list and then ultimately um, compiled, and I think we uncovered about six more names from uh, what the National Park Service and what Katie had been able to pull together. So um, that's kind of how we built the database. And Right now, I, I'm. We didn't include um, any of the civilians that were killed in uh, in or around the uh, Pearl Harbor area in Honolulu, or the other uh, airfields and so forth. Um, only the military uh, fallen. So, right now, that database sits at two thousand three hundred and forty-one names. And I think the original list that we had or on some websites, the quoted number is 2,335 that were killed. Um, so that's basically how we kind of started out with the database. Wow, that's a lot of work just trying to like, you know, 2,341 names is a lot of names to go through and just like, match things up and so that's a lot of time when you originally signed up you're like oh I'm just you know volunteer here and there and then it's like oh this is now your life 
well, you know, you, you do something for a while and then you let other people step forward. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. So then you had an opportunity this this past week to go visit Pearl Harbor. What was that like having had gone through this, you know, what was it, five months basically or three months working on this project really intensely? And and uh, what was it like visiting Pearl Harbor after, after having done this project? It, it was very special uh, to me. And um, it was quite moving. And I think it was even quite moving for uh, my husband because he knew how much, you know, time we had devoted to it as a family. And um, we were lucky to get the tickets. Uh, I, I mean, it's not easy to get a ticket to get on the shuttle to go over. And um, it, was, uh, it was just special moments, but more than anything, it was an honor to be able to be there and to stand there and look at names. And there were certain names that I was looking for in particular because those were names of people that um, I had been uh, more involved in writing their stories and so forth, just for a variety of reasons. And so when I would, I tried to, I had my list of names that I wanted to look at specifically, but just looking at all of those names, I could, you know, I could remember little snippets of things about different uh, young men and so forth. And it was, was really quite moving. Um, I think the, the park ranger, uh, on the memorial has worked on that particular memorial for like 25 years. And I really wanted to have a few minutes to be able to talk with him, but for COVID reasons, they only allow you to be out there on the memorial for about 30 minutes. So I was trying to take video. I was trying to take pictures. I was in a group of about 75 people uh, because that's how many, about how many they take over on the shuttle each time. And it was, you know, you just don't have enough time basically uh, to be able to be there. But uh, I know that the other thing that I think really made an impression on me was knowing that almost half of the were of the young men that were killed that day uh, were on that particular ship, the USS Arizona, and that you're standing in the presence of these fallen heroes, and that's really quite moving. Um, and just it, it just uh, kind of you know kind of knocks you back on your heels when you're, you're standing there thinking about what the horrific uh, scene and what happened that day. Um, it, it's, it almost leaves, well, it left me speechless. That's all I can say. Yeah, especially because having gone through three months, like learning their names and their stories and the seeing a lot of their pictures and then standing in the place where they were last standing you know, it's, it's pretty mm -hmm. powerful. It's pretty impactful to, I feel like they've done a really beautiful job there at that memorial. And they have. Um, I, I would also, I think if you, if you don't mind, I'd like to also talk about something that happened in the morning before we went out to the memorial. 
that morning, uh, my husband and I went up to um, the National uh, Memorial Cemetery of the Pacific and the Punch Bowl. Had never, I had never been there before. And it's, uh, both of us talked about how we weren't prepared for just how spectacularly beautiful the spot is. And if you're ever on the island of Oahu, I think that is absolutely another place that anyone who is involved with this project really should visit or anyone else, because it's, it is just such an appropriate place for um, the people who are buried there uh, and who are remembered there in, in the courts of, uh, and of the missing. We, um, we went up, it was, it was about 10 o'clock in the morning. And the reason why I want to talk about this, and I'm probably going to get a little emotional. Um, we were walking up towards the courts of the missing, just kind of glancing at various grave markers. And um, there was a, a, a very frail and elderly woman who was cleaning one of the uh, grave markers. And we assumed that it probably had to be a relative. So we were trying not to uh, get in her space, so to speak. We were trying to be very respectful of that and tried to quickly and quietly just kind of pass by. She stood up, turned around, and she looked at both of us and she said, he was my brother. And so that was the opening to talk with her. And we said, oh, well, we're so sorry. And I looked at the date and she said, he was killed in France in 1945. <laughs> He's a World War II fallen. Um, he was one of the, she said that um, she began to, to share some memories of her brother. And I looked him up on <laughs> fold three. There is no story. I, I said to her, uh, you know, I, I tried to share just very briefly what um, the project, Stories Behind the Stars. And I said, if you don't mind, I'd be very honored to write his story with your permission. And she said, oh, please do. And so, you know, I have some details. I don't know her name. I think I do because I did a little bit of research. <laughs> But she talked about how he gave her coins to um, to buy go, to go and buy crack candy at the local store and things like that. And this woman, um, she's been caring. She said they didn't repatriate him from France until 1949, and she's been caring for his grave for that many years. That's oh, that's that's like 80 years. And, you know, that just was so touching to me that, um, you know, she herself is a hero for doing that and taking care of that grave. And so it's, it was a very profound experience. And then we followed that up by going to the USS Arizona Memorial. It was, it was a big day. <laughs> it was a big day. That sounds like a very emotion-packed day <laughs> and fulfilling. Very much, very much. Wow, that is so cool to have that experience and to see how, I mean, it's 80 years later. 
and people are still mourning those losses and and Mm -hmm. coping with that you know and it's it's beautiful to hold space for people to share that's one of the things that I think is so powerful when I do podcasts or do listen to these stories different things and just hold a place for people to share what their loved one was like you know 80 Mm -hmm. years ago or you know memories that they might have or not have you know but like it's just it's so powerful that we are doing this work for helping people and what a cool experience for you to have i'm interrupting the podcast right now to make a plug for our arlington project we're in the middle of it right now we're hoping to get these done by the fourth of july and there's so many amazing stories here to be found so if you are new to the to the project please visit storiesbehindthestars.org and click the volunteer button. If you've already been a volunteer and you've just kind of gotten busy, consider giving a little bit more of your time and contacting us to get some names to start doing research for these Arlington stories. They're quite phenomenal and um, just be part of a really amazing national project. Um, And then also, if you're new to the podcast, please consider subscribing so that when we put out new episodes, you can be notified and you can listen to these really awesome stories as we're finding them so the 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 punch bowl that's like i guess anybody in the pacific can be buried there then so it's i i was just and i guess maybe she was from hawaii and that's why he was oh yeah she's lived she lived in honolulu all of her life um and um her brother uh, well um they were, I don't know if he was born in this country or not. I have to do the research <laughs> uh, to know that. But it was, there's an obvious reason why he was stationed in the European theater as opposed to the Pacific theater. Um, uh, and there's more, I think, to that story than, than we know. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I looked up about national cemeteries and I'm sort of I was sort of under the impression that they had to be from a particular spot but I think I don't know I don't know the rules I I guess I should what I read on the uh, the veterans website is that anyone who is a veteran is eligible to be buried in a national cemetery Uh but I you know I don't know there may be special rules for the punch bowl, but I know they are still burying people up there. Um, there, there's multiple ways that they're doing this, and um, it, it. But I, I guess more than anything, just the setting is just spectacular because uh, from from the top of the of the rim of the crater in the back, because it is an old volcanic crater. Uh, it sits high above Honolulu, and as you you wind through these streets in Honolulu, you wind up this mountain, basically a volcanic mountain. And when we came around the curve to get to it, you look out. You're looking at a spectacular vista of Honolulu, it, and that in itself was breath breathtaking. Um, um, but it, it's just so peaceful because it's up and away from the noise of the city. Uh, it's, it was, you can hear bird song and you still get this slight ocean, ocean breezes. And it's just a perfect spot for um, people 
who are to be remembered. I'll have, I'll have to go there someday. I've never been yes. to Hawaii, even though my brother was stationed there for four years. I just <laughs> never got to. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were in college and he was in the Air Force. So we were just weren't able to get away yes. from college to get out there. We were going to school in Virginia, so pretty far across the country as far as yeah. you could go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you said that you had some stories that were, were more impactful to you than others while you're doing this project. Do you have any that just come to mind as things that why they might have been more impactful than other stories? Or, Well, um, I spoke a little bit about the ones with where I came across the 15 names from the high, uh, from our son's high school in Flagstaff. But the story that that uh, kind of where I, I started with that um, was a, a sailor named David, you're going to like his middle name, um, David Crockett Lowry Jr. <laughs> um, and they lived for quite a little while, uh, his family in Flagstaff. He graduated from Flagstaff High School. And um, he actually served in the Navy. He was married. Uh, and I think he married uh, just prior to, I'm, I'm just trying to remember the story from, I'm not reading the story. Um, but it, it was like maybe a few months before he was drafted. <laughs> uh, he was on a, uh, he served on a minesweeper. Uh, and he uh, actually worked in the engine room and the uh, naval report that I was able to find about the incident was um, basically it was um, the minesweeper hit a mine and, um, and it hit in the forward engine room where he was. So he was, he was killed and he's, um, he's basically one of those names uh, but I think he's he's remembered at the um, the tablets of the missing at the um, National Cemetery in Manila is where he's remembered because it was off the coast of uh, the Philippines where the minesweeper hit the mine. They were sweeping the coast, uh, trying to clear the <laughs> the path. So minesweepers, they're like smaller boats that are were used to just go before the big cruisers, and or I guess that that's my guess is that it's their job to come in and uh, try to clear the path and detect them, and then hopefully not get blown up. But this one did. Wow, sadly, <laughs> this sounds like a really really scary job. <laughs> like, yeah, let's yeah. put you all in a boat and go try to detect the mines i mean like so much of world war ii and as i do more research and find out more i'm just like oh my gosh like if if it was nowadays and everyone knew everything that was happening like you see with the war in ukraine mm -hmm. i think everybody in the home front would just be so sick to their stomachs you know just like yeah. everything that was happening and just like wait what were they why did how did that you know like <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> these stories like, this is this is crazy you know but uh -huh. I, it, so I think it it's it's interesting to see how all these men played these different parts in the war and, and there was fatal consequences but they were necessary roles and yeah. um, 
it's it's really fascinating to see. Like I've not heard or read a story of a minesweeper yet. So, <laughs> well, there, there's one. <laughs> um, <laughs> 